And so take your Bibles and turn with us this morning to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter number 2, all right? 2 Kings chapter number 2. And we'll just have some preaching this morning. Amen. Go right on into that. And then uh, we'll uh, give you what God's laid on our heart. I had some... I had some, a couple messages that I've not preached yet, and uh, I don't know if this thing's on or not, Brother Caleb. Give me a little more volume if you can. Second Kings chapter number 2, all right? I had a, I had a couple other messages that uh, the Lord had given me this past week, and I started preaching, but I just can't get this one off my heart this morning, and so it always pays to mind God. Isn't that right? And uh, I was over in uh, Landrum, South Carolina, when the Lord gave me this message, and I preached it that night, and then uh, preached it the next morning over in um, uh, North Wilkesboro, and I thought, well, I'm going to preach it out a few places, and then I'll, I'll preach it back at the church. And so I went out to uh, Brother Trebers and preached it out there. Uh, I did not know that many people watched Brother Trebers, uh, uh, his, his video. So that sermon died right there is what happened because after that, you just can't preach it nowhere else. But I'm going to preach it here. Amen. Amen. He said, well, I done heard it. Well, you probably need to hear it a second time. And I need to say it a second or third or fourth time. But it's just on my heart this morning. And so you pray with us and for us. 2 Kings chapter number 2 and look at verse number 11. The Bible says, and it came to pass as they still went on and taught that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire. And parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes, and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and went back, and stood by the bank of Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and smote the waters, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. Heavenly Father, I do pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Lord, I pray that you'll give us liberty this morning. Lord, I ask you to give us the vocabulary that's needed. Speak to our hearts. And Father, we'll love you, we'll praise you, and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I preached from this same text just a, a few weeks back uh, uh, concerning the Spirit-filled life. But this morning, I want to look at it in a different light this morning. And I want us to think about the subject this morning on what are you leaving behind? What are you leaving behind? I want you to think about the first phrase in this text here. The Bible says, and it came to pass. Now, uh, when you think about that phrase this morning, it's a familiar phrase that is found all throughout the Word of God. In fact, it is found 398 times in the Old Testament and 65 times in the New Testament. And here this came to pass. This little phrase here is seen in the life of Elijah. But one day it's going to be said about my life and it's going to be said about your life that it came to pass. Amen. One day it's going to be said about the church that we're not going to be here. Thank God we're going to be gone. And it's going to be said that the rapture came to pass. Amen. And so when we think about that text this morning, that is a wonderful phrase. But when we come to verse number 11 this morning, I want you to see Elijah is doing three things. First of all, I want you to notice that Elijah is trusting, amen? As the Bible says that it came to pass as they still went on, amen? You see, Elijah knows this is his last day on earth. He knows that he is going to be taken out of this world and that his ministry, 
ministry for now is over with. But even though Elijah knows that, he is not sitting down. He is not coasting in the last day of his life. But you know what Elijah is doing? The Bible said that he still went on. Amen. I tell you, there's no time for retirement in the work of God. There's no place to sit down. There's no place to give up. Amen. You say, but preacher, I'm getting on up in years. Yes. And you may slow down, but you don't have to sit down. Isn't that right? You can still serve God. I'm telling you, even though Elijah knows it's his last day, he went on. And I'm thinking he went on because of his faith. Amen. His faith is what helped him to continue to keep on walking every step that Elijah is taking on this last day. It is a step of faith for he does not know what lies ahead. And can I tell you this morning that every step that we take down here, it is a step of faith this morning. And Elijah, he went on and he's trusting because of his faith and he's trusting because of his fervency. Amen. Elijah was a fervent prophet. He was willing to serve. He was willing to go forth. And if you're going to serve God and trust God, you're going to have to have some fervency in what you're doing. Amen. I tell you, I don't want to serve God in deadness. Somebody say amen right there. I mean, I don't want to go to church and it be dead. I don't want to hear somebody sing a song and it be dead. I don't want to preach a sermon and it be dead. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, if what I'm preaching this morning, if it's not real in my heart, then it's not going to help you none this morning. Amen. When you get up to sing a song, you should always give your best. Isn't that right? You don't have to be the best, but you ought to give your best. Number one, because God deserves it. Amen. And number two, because it's a privilege and an opportunity to even be able to serve God. And we ought to do it with fervency. And I think he's trusting because of faith. He's trusting because of fervency. And then he's trusting because of his follower. Notice the Bible said, and they still went on. Elijah went on this morning because Elijah was not by himself, but somebody was going with him. Somebody was coming up behind him. And I want to tell you this morning mom and dad, uh, you need to be faithful. You need to pay your tithes. Uh, you need to go to Sunday school and you need to be on time for Sunday school and you need to go to church Sunday night and you need to go to church Wednesday night. Don't have a hundred excuses uh, as to why you can miss church and justify it in your mind because somebody is coming behind you uh, and you ought to care enough about their spiritual well-being that you be faithful. I don't say Elijah is trusting because of his follower. Amen. If you're a Sunday school teacher this morning, you ought to give your best because there are others following. Amen. As a pastor, I should give my best because there's others following. It reminds us that we should trust God every day because this is not just about me and it's not just about you, but there's others. And if you and I get out of the will of God, it'll not just affect our life, but it'll affect the lives of others. Amen. Elijah is trusting. And then Elijah is talking. Notice the Bible said uh, that they still went on and talked. I want to think about that conversation for just a moment. 
because I don't know exactly what all was said in that conversation, but this morning, as we think about that conversation, we know this. We know it was a private conversation. It was between Elijah and Elisha. We know that it was a very personal conversation. No doubt this conversation is precious. Every word is important that Elijah, Elijah is going to say to Elisha because this is the final stretch of life. Elijah doesn't have much time left. I would say this morning, that it would be a very practical conversation that Elijah is giving Elisha some final instructions for life, for ministry, uh, for service. Uh, he's giving him some things to help him along the way. And then it's a very powerful conversation because uh, Elisha will not remember every conversation that he's going to have with Elijah, but I'm quite certain this morning he would remember the last conversation. This morning... As you think about this, you think about this text this morning. Elijah leaves in this text. He's talking. He is, he is trusting this morning. Then he's taken. He's taken out spiritually. He's taken out separately. He's taken out swiftly in this text this morning. You and I have a responsibility today to leave something behind for the next generation that's coming up behind us. And this morning, I think about Elijah left behind Elisha. He left behind a man, as we see in verse number 12. He left behind a mantle in verse number 13. And then he left behind a, uh, he left behind a, a mark in verse number 14. He made his mark here on Elijah, uh, Elisha, the man of God. Uh, and you and I are going to leave that behind. But when we get to verse number 15, uh, notice in this text here there are these sons of the prophets uh, and these men here are just sons of the prophets and, and they're standing at Jericho and when I think about these sons of the prophets here as they're standing at Jericho what the question is what are they going to leave behind I didn't deal with this text here uh, when I was in those other meetings uh, I just dealt with Elisha and Elijah and how that Elisha left behind Elijah the man, Elisha the man of God and he left behind the, the mantle and he left behind uh, uh, the, the mark that he made in Elisha's life. But when we get to verse number 15 uh, concerning the sons of the prophets, uh, what we will note about them today in this subject of leaving something behind is that they did not leave behind anything. God did not really use them uh, the way that he used Elisha. It was a personal conversation, as we said, between Elijah and Elisha. Elisha saw the glory of God in verse number 12. He was one uh, that the Bible says that he saw uh, this man of God. He saw the glory. He served the greater as we've mentioned that before. But when we get to verse 15, I want you to think about what are they leaving behind? Because we all know great men of God like Elijah and Elisha. We know saints in our life that have made their mark and they have crossed that river. But as we think about the sons of the prophets this morning, I I want you to notice some things here. What are they leaving behind? Well, in verse number 15, I notice where they are standing. The Bible says, and went the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho. Now, I want to tell you, that's not a very good place where they're at this morning. They're standing at Jericho, and Jericho, you know, had a curse on it. You know that Jericho was under the curse of God. You remember when Joshua went around, and he walks around the walls of Jericho, 
Jericho and they, the walls fell. We notice uh, this and God made a promise or God gave a command, should I say a warning and that warning was uh, that they were not to build anything at Jericho but they built a city there and these prophets are at Jericho. They're not leaving anything behind. They're not making a mark. Uh, they've not crossed the river like Elisha has. They've not seen the glory of God. You hear me this morning? If you're not careful, you can sit in a good church. Uh, you can sit in a good place uh, and you can miss the glory. You can never pick up the mantle. Listen, you can sit there and never make a mark in society. I remind you this morning, where they're standing, Jericho is a cursed place. But Jericho is also a Canaan place. Jericho is on the other side of the river. It's on the right side of the river. The problem with these sons of the prophets is, is that where they're standing this morning, it is real to them, but it is not personal to them. You see, they're living in Canaan. But Canaan doesn't mean anything to them because they've never went down and had the experience that Elisha had. They never went over to the wilderness side. Uh, listen, the Bible says, in fact, in verse number seven, that the 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. They went, they went and viewed it afar off. Now, they obviously did not know the conversation that went on between Elijah and Elisha. They did not hear what was said there. You know why? Because of where they were standing. And the question I have for you this morning is where are you standing at in this church? Oh, you go to a good church. Uh, you hear Bible preaching on a regular basis. Uh, you've seen the glory of God. You could probably get up and testify and say, I've seen people shout. I've seen people get saved. I watched that service. Uh, I'm talking about I was there and I saw it happen Wednesday night. I watched all them people get saved. Uh, hey, all of that is one but where are you viewing it from? Are you viewing it from afar off? I'm telling you, friend, Elisha left behind some things. Elijah left behind a man, a mantle. He left behind a mark. But these sons of the prophets didn't leave any of that behind. You know why? Because of where they were standing. And it tells me this morning that it's quite possible to be around the glory and to be around Canaan, but it never be personal in your life. You preach it, sometimes people look at you like, like a calf looking at a new gate. Like, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm not talking about something mystical. I'm not talking about something, uh, I'm not talking about sensationalism this morning. I'm talking about the reality that you can be filled with the Spirit. The reality is you can go to church uh, and you don't have to just be a spectator. You can be a participator. You can get in on what's going on. I'm telling you the amens in our churches uh, uh, for the most part have died out. Uh, I'm telling you going to church nowadays uh, and watching people get happy and raise their hand and get blessed are far and few between. And if you you want to keep it here, the only way to keep it here is for you to get across this river and for you to let this be a reality and for it to be real in your life. It's not enough to say, well, I want an old-fashioned church. Oh, no. You got to get out of Jericho. You got to get in it for yourself. I'm telling you, listen, there's anything that just I have to pray about, Brother Wilson, is when somebody that hadn't said amen the whole service walks up to you and said, boy, it's kind of tight in there. Y'all with me this morning? Amen. We're not Methodists. Y'all say amen, all right? And they'll come up and they didn't say one amen. They'll say, boy, it's a little bit tight in there. And you know what I'm thinking? I'm praying is what I'm praying. Dear God, please help me. 
Not to say something, but sometimes I do. I can't help it. I'm like, yeah, and it would have been better if you'd have amen the sermon. Isn't that right this morning? Why do people want a church that's alive, but they want to be dead when they come? Why do people want a, a good singing, sounding choir, but they won't go to the choir? Why do people want to go to church? Oh, I like it. They'll say, oh, I like it to go to church. Uh, when everybody, well, I like it when people raise their hand and shake them hankies. Well, uh, why don't you start, amen? Uh, uh, listen, if you want your church to be alive, uh, it's going to be what you make it, amen? Now, you don't have to act like me, and I don't have to act like you, but you can at least smile and nod your head. Uh, and listen, throw an amen in there about 50 times uh, because you're you're hearing more truth than that. You don't have to sit there like a wooden Indian on Sunday morning like you've drank about five pints of pickle juice, amen, and you're mad at your mother-in-law and you're just sitting there saying, dear God, bless me if you can. I'm telling you, John the Baptist couldn't resurrect you from the dead. I'm telling you, friend, you need to get in across that river. You need to get full of God, amen. You don't need to let the circumstances of life rob you of the joy the Lord. Don't blame your sourness on your problems. Don't blame it on your situation. Don't blame it on your circumstance. You say, but Brother Gravely, you ain't had it as bad as I have. Probably not. But you ain't had it as bad as others that still got their joy and still got their smile. You need to quit having a pity party. You need to quit feeling sorry for yourself. You say, you know, I don't like it. Well, I don't care. You need to hear it just like I do. I'm telling you, Friend, you got to be careful where you're standing, amen. You know why I say this often, and I, don't, I say it in humor, but you know I mean it. You know why I say all, all the time, if you're depressed, don't testify? Because I hear that so much on the road. Christians like to get up and whine in church, feel sorry for themselves. You say, Brother Gravely, you're going to go through something. I have been through things. I've not been through what others have been through. But I tell you, the Holy Spirit will tell a spirit filled. I'm not telling you I'm spirit filled. I want to be. But I tell you, the Holy Spirit will talk to you. And you get ready to get up. He'll tell me for before I preach, don't make it about yourself. Don't make it about your problems. Don't get up and whine about your situation. That's what he tells me. You know why? Because you didn't come to hear that. Can I get a witness? You came this morning because you need help from God. And anything that I'm going through, I can ask you to pray for me and I surely will. If I was going through a deep valley, I'd get up and ask the church to pray for me. I might even get you to come down here and lay your hands on and pray for me this morning. I'd certainly believe in all of that. But I can't spend my sermon. I can't spend God's time throwing a big old party for myself here because it ain't gonna help nobody. It ain't even gonna help me. I'm just gonna go home playing that old violin everybody's got one amen and it never sounds good when we play that old violin about ourselves. I'll tell you what was wrong with these boys they weren't leaving nothing behind because of where they're standing if they'd have got across that river and if they'd have got down next to that glory like Elisha did if they'd have got out of Jericho that old cursed place and if they'd have got over there they could have come across with Elisha and they could have had victory in their soul, hallelujah. You know, there's more to this thing just being saved this morning. I'm glad I'm not going to hell. 
And I'll tell you, there's so much more to testify about than just that. And I'm not minimizing it. But I'm telling you, every day with Jesus is a good day. Isn't that right? Every day serving God is a good day. You ought to leave behind a good testimony. You ought to leave behind some joy. When you come in and when you talk with somebody and you walk away, they ought to not be down. They ought to feel good. You ought to build them up. You ought to leave behind a heavenly atmosphere. I'm telling you the problem that with these boys, they wasn't leaving nothing behind because of where they were standing than because of who they were seeing. The Bible says that they saw him talking about Elisha. It's wonderful that they saw the man of God, but they needed to see more than Elisha. They needed to see the the Lord. I'm going to tell you, when Elisha crossed over and saw them, he had already saw more than prophets. He had saw the presence of God. I'll tell you, when you come to church, you don't need to see the preacher. Can I get an amen right there? And the preacher don't need to showcase himself. I, I preach to you. I'll preach to me this morning. I don't need to get up here and make it about me. You don't need to see flesh. I, I don't need to make a, every illustration about me. I don't need to make every story about me. I mean, it's sickening when you have to go and have to sit through a sermon and the preacher is just so full of himself. God help me. I hope that's not the case. Uh, but it's all about him. Uh, I'm telling you, it needs to be about that book. Amen. It needs to be about the Bible. Isn't that? right? I'm not saying a preacher can't use a personal illustration now and then to support a thought, but men of God have to be careful that we don't try to tie people to ourselves, that we point people to Jesus. Amen? You need more than preacher religion. It needs to be more than about the pastor. Amen? In fact, if you love God, you'll go to church even if the pastor's sick, even if the pastor can't come. I tell you that crowd, listen, they used to be folks sometimes they'd like to complain when the preacher's gone. I tell you, if you love God, you'll go to church. It won't be about the pastor, amen. It won't be about the preacher. If he dies and you quit, you didn't have nothing but preacher religion. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, if you get across that river, it'll be about a presence a whole lot greater than any presence in this world. I'm telling you, the problem with these sons of the prophet is they weren't gonna leave anything behind simply because they were looking at the wrong person this morning. Hey, who are you looking at? Who you got your eye on? You know, this morning, if you're not careful, you'll look at people too much. And let me tell you something about people this morning. From this pulpit to the back row, we all have our flaws this morning. It's easy to get critical when you get your eyes on people. People say, well, I got hurt, so I got out of church. That's not an excuse. You know why, number one, everybody's been hurt. If you've been in church any length of time, everybody's been hurt. Number two, if you're going to church, you're not supposed to be going to church for people. You go to church for the Lord. Can I get an amen right there? And God ain't never done any of us wrong. Is that right this morning? I'm telling you, the problem is they were looking at the wrong person. You can't be looking at people. All too many times people go home and they'll sit around. I remember when our children was at home, and I do want to say I thank God both my daughters are here and all four of my grandchildren. I put anybody on shouting ground are here this morning. And so I'm glad that uh, my other daughter and grandkids got to be here with us this morning. But they could both testify to this truth that I'm about to tell you is that when we would go home, there was always a rule in our house. Uh, first of all, with me and my wife, uh, we never 
never talked about anything bad. If there was, and there's a week God's been good to us. You know, stuff comes up sometimes in a church, uh, but we never sit around and talked about problems uh, in front of them. Uh, we wanted them to grow up thinking that, and it's true that God's people is the best people on planet Earth, uh, and we never wanted them to hear anything negative about the ministry. We didn't want them to get bitter because of something we might say. We just wanted them to think serving Jesus, and this is the truth, uh, is the greatest thing that you could ever have happen in your life, amen? But we didn't sit around and talk about church members. Uh, we didn't sit around and criticize people. You know why? Because it'll poison you uh, and it'll poison those that you talk to. Is that right? I know nobody does this at Bible Baptist. They just do it in all them other churches. They'll go home and sit around the table and they'll say, did you see so-and-so today? You know, what do you think about them? Well, I'm telling you, did you, did you see how, well, she looked like she had a real, I mean, she just wasn't in a good spirit today. They'll make a little, I know y'all don't do that. Well, I tell you, so-and-so, I, they just get on my nerves like you've never got on nobody's nerves. They, they drive me crazy. I know you don't say stuff like that. I know you don't say things like, well, you know, I'll tell you now, so-and-so, they think they're better. Boy, I'm just, I'll tell you how I know that. I can tell by looking at them. They think they're better. You know, I stuck my hand out and she walked right past and didn't even shake it. Do you know I've had that happen? It'd make me madder than a devil when it happened. But the Holy Spirit say, don't say nothing about it. Amen? Because for me to criticize somebody puts me on the same level. Criticism is never correct. Is that right this morning? Oh, I killed her. It was already on a lifeline, but I killed her this morning. But I tell you, you know, you get your eyes on people. They're not the problem. The problem is you put your eyes in the wrong direction. You can go away and say, well, I tell you, I looked at it. You just don't know, Brother Grant. Oh, every pastor knows. But I'll tell you what the Holy Spirit will tell us. Everybody's on a different level in this church, including myself. And I'm not telling you I'm on the highest level. I'm telling you we're all on different levels this morning. And as a pastor, you have to pastor everybody. You have to pastor the people that are easy to love and the ones that are more challenging. Come on now. You have to pastor the good, the bad, and the ugly. You have to pastor the one that you'd like to put a badge on them and, and thank them and give them a rose. And you'd like to, you have to pastor the one you'd like to take your belt off sometime and just wear their backside out. Come on now. You say, why would you say that? Because they show their fanny so you feel like wearing it out. Now give me an Amen. Before you get too critical, you need to be a pastor for six months. But you know what the Holy Ghost reminds me in the secret place? Boy, you ain't no better than they are. Ain't time people like to take their belt off and wear you out. 
These time people, you don't deserve a badge every Sunday. You don't deserve a rose every Sunday. I'm just telling you, that's flesh. It's who we are this morning. I know we think we're lily white and we smell like roses most of the time, but the truth of the matter is, this old body's vile and wicked. And I'm telling you, if we was to be put on display and under the microscope this morning, I sure wouldn't want to be there because it wouldn't take you two seconds to find something wrong with me. And so I pray that when you come this morning and the preacher gets up to preach, uh, that you look beyond the exterior, you look beyond the imperfection this morning, and that you don't pick me apart, and I won't pick you apart, but that you put your eyes on him, uh, and maybe we'll all get a blessing. Uh, I'm telling you, rob yourself uh, of joy, amen, uh, if you're looking at the wrong person. You're going to leave something behind? Depends on where you're standing. It depends on who you're seeing. Then it depends on what you're saying. Because what they said was true. Notice this. The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. What they said was true. But here's the tragedy of that phrase. It wasn't true about them. It was true about someone else. I want to tell you this morning, it's not enough to go to a spirit-filled church. It's not enough to have a spirit-filled pastor. It's not enough to hear spirit-filled singing. It's not enough to have spirit-filled deacons. It's not enough to hear a spirit-filled Sunday school teacher. It's not enough to be around all that. And to be so, And some people, and you ought to be thankful for your church. I should be thankful for my church. But it's not enough to, for me to just go around and say, well, I tell you, I go to a good church. Man, we got a great church there. You come on down there. I mean, we got spirit-filled singing. We got spirit-filled preaching. We got spirit-filled testifying. Hey, all that's good, but that's not enough. Is it true about you? It's true about you this morning. Because the sad commentary of anybody's life is to go to a good spirit-filled church all your life and never be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be around it, to, to watch it, to see it, to even enjoy it, but it's not personal to you. Oh, they said the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. It was true, but it could have rested on them. Hey, God is no respecter of persons this morning. What he would have done for Elisha, done for them boys. What God will do for one, he'll do for another. If you're willing to pay the price, if you're willing to draw nigh to him. You know, it, it took a time in the ministry to realize that you, can, you preach to people, you love people, and you try to help them where they're at, but, but you can't make people serve God. You can't, uh, you know, there's a certain amount of guilt you can put on people to, 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 to do things, but if it's never in their heart, they're miserable doing that. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. When we're having revival, I want everybody here. And if you're not here, I want you to feel guilty for not being here. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I'm with pastors now. I don't make my people feel guilty. I said, why well, do? They said, why do you do that? I said, because the ones that want to come, they're going to come. I said, and the ones that absolutely, they just something that they can't come, I said, I, they know I understand. I said, but for that little sector of people that just stay home and watch the Braves during revival, I want them to feel so guilty for not coming to church. And the only one of y'all that ain't smiling is the ones I'm talking to right now. Isn't that right? 
Hey, you ought to feel guilty if you lay out a church. I mean, and then preacher ought to make you feel guilty. But more importantly, the Lord ought to make you feel guilty. And he will if you're saved. But I'll tell you this morning, no matter how guilty you feel, until you and your heart say, I really do want, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can't nobody make you serve God. Can't nobody make you want to, want to do anything. These boys... The tragedy, Brother McBride and me was talking this week about this text. And I told him, I said, Brother, I said, I preached a message out of the text, but I said, I only preached half the sermon. I never preached this half I'm giving you this morning. And I said, Brother, I said, what do you think about the sons of the prophets? I, I wasn't sure. You know, I looked and read scriptures and I wasn't sure where I stood on that. And I said, What do you, what do you think? And Brother McBride said, You know, he said, I've studied the same thing. He said, I come to this conclusion. He said they were saved. They were sons of the prophets, no doubt. They were prophets. But he said, I don't ever read anywhere where God ever did anything with them. And that's true. They followed a good man, Elijah. They followed Elisha. They were there. They seen miracles. God did, did great things around them. But you, I challenge you, go home and read it story after story after story. God never use them. In fact, it's really tragic if you read on in the text because the men of Jericho had been living in that city. These are lost men. And the water is contaminated. And it's not until Elisha gets there that they come to him and said, could you help us? And Elijah takes that salt and that cruise and he purifies that water and God performs that miracle. Why didn't those lost men go to those sons of the prophets? They lived in Jericho. Why didn't they go there? You know, if lost people are going to have any confidence in us this morning, we have to be filled with the Spirit. Because the world doesn't know the Spirit of God. But they can tell when there's something different about a person that says they're saved by the way they live. As we stand this morning, what are you leaving behind? They left nothing. What about you this morning? Oh, I'm telling you, we talked about Elijah and Elisha. But this morning, it's about these prophets. What are you going to leave behind this morning? Are you going to make a difference? This morning, I don't want to be like one of them. I think they were saved. I think they loved the Lord. They loved the man of God. But they never made a mark. They never left anything behind this morning. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit today? Or are you filled with some other spirit? The Bible said, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And though we, we believe in forgiveness and kindness, but that, that principle, that truth, is that's the spirit of Christ versus that other spirit, the works of the flesh. How about it this morning? Where are you at with the Lord? Maybe you need to come and, and say, Lord, forgive me for being critical. Forgive me for keeping my eyes on men this morning. Why, Lord, forgive me for not putting my eyes on you. We're all flawed today. We all have things in our life that we, that if others look to us, they'll surely fall, they'll surely fail. But this morning, maybe you need to come while others have and say, Lord, help me not to be critical. Help me not to put others under the microscope, but Lord, help me to put myself 
under that microscope. Lord, show me my faults, not the faults of others. While, while Brother Sam sings, if you need to come, come this morning. How about it this morning? You need to come. Don't let him pass you by this morning. If he's speaking to you, won't you come? Say, Lord, help me. Help me to have the right attitude. Help me to have the right spirit. I, I know we just come out of Jubilee. And I know that, that we've heard a lot of preaching and a lot of sermons. And I mean enough to help anybody and everybody. But I'm just telling you this morning, the way with, to God is through brokenness and humility. And just staying humble. Just staying low. Just keeping our, my attitude in check. I have to pray that every day of my life. Lord, help me. Help, watch his, Lord, help his old tongue not to say what it shouldn't say. Lord, help my mind to think the right way. Lord, I want to leave something behind for the next generation that's going to make a difference. If you need to come, you come this morning.